Welcome into Onto Waverland, the Athletic Chicago Cubs podcast. I'm Sahadev Sharma. With me today is Patrick Mooney. Uh, Patrick, we've <laughs> we've got uh, some news, I guess. We, there's there's uh, traction as far as baseball negotiations go, and by that I mean nothing is happening, and it just seems like a massive crap show right now. Uh, Rob Manfred has come out on ESPN on Monday saying that. Uh, it's no longer 100% guaranteed that baseball will be played this year and that uh, he's he's not feeling as confident as he once was. This is days after he made that 100% claim. I believe it was on Wednesday. So from Wednesday to Monday, we've gone to, uh, you know, kind of a hands up in the air shrug when it comes to will baseball be played this year? Uh, it's I, I mean, my immediate reaction was frustration and anger. Uh, I... I'm I'm generally uh, a, a calm person, and I don't uh, I don't get a- too angry at times. But just the way it was presented, and and kind of uh, it, it was almost too clear that that you know players basically said, "Hey, let us know when we're playing. We're ready. When and where? Tell us when and where." And they, it's a clear message that the union is sending out because we we've seen over the past 24 hours. Uh, players all across baseball tweeting, just tell us when and where. Some form of that has been tweeted by so many players, and it's clear that their frustration has boiled over. And and they're basically calling the players, uh, the owners, bluff by doing this, right? They're by, by saying when and where. What they're telling them is, okay, enough of this back and forth where we're not really getting anywhere. You keep presenting these these plans that basically, you know, it's, you're you're barely moving forward as far as overall money guaranteed. And, and the reality is, if the playoffs don't get paid, it, it's not much more money guaranteed, if any at all. Uh, so so we're living in this uh, <laughs> these negotiations. We're going through these negotiations that just feel like neither side are willing to budge, really. And, and the players are of the belief that they're not willing to budge on something they believe was already agreed upon. So it's it's a it's really I understand why they're standing firm on this idea. They've been pushed around for the past 25 years when it comes to these negotiations. And that's on them partly, too. But but they're standing firm now. So you can't blame them for being weak before and now finally being strong. They're standing firm. It's a terrible time for all this to be happening. But I understand where they're coming from. And for owners to just kind of say like, oh, uh, you know, we're we're not going to, you know, there's nothing we can do now when it seems like, okay, you could dictate a season. You could dictate that 72 games are played right now. You have the time, but you're choosing not to. It almost seems like to kick the can down the road. So in two to three weeks when, you know, 56 games makes sense. Okay, now now we'll dictate the 56 games because if you did that now, everybody would be like, whoa, 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 what are you doing with 56 games? There's plenty of time to get, you know, 20 more games in. I'm glad you've had 23 hours to cool down, Sadev, because I <laughs> loved it when I turned on my iPhone and logged into Twitter and just saw the beginning of your tweet. Just sick of this shit where anyone pretends owners care about anything more than dollar signs and... I was like, wow, this is like our Slack message or like we're having a beer at the bar post game, just firing off on Twitter. But I think you accurately summed up uh, a lot of people's moods in this of just, you know, maybe they don't really care if baseball comes back or not. And I think the idea of Jason Stark had articulated of just driving this game over the cliff 
while this probably is some sort of delay tactic uh, or some sort of you know awkward moment uh, on an ESPN return to sports uh, special, uh, it just it looks bad. It sounds bad, uh, particularly given all of the challenges our country is facing um, right now, and I think. <clears throat> They've already missed the 4th of July window. Um, now, all of a sudden, it seems like MLB has come around to the uh, prorated idea, something that was you know explicitly spelled out in the March 26th agreement. Uh, I think if, you know, a player went to an owner and said, you know, I want to talk about the economic feasibility um you know, if I don't perform as well uh, this year, they'd be kind of laughed out of the room. And, you know, I think this kind of hardening of the union really happened in the last couple of years. I mean, the owners just kind of dunked on the union and it just seems like at every turn players have been getting squeezed to the point where it's just impossible to not notice it. And, you know, the business side of the game um, is something that you know, Cubs players like Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant have talked about, how they kind of come into the game looking at things a certain way. And uh, like it or not, these realities kind of intrude. And I think it's uh, pretty amazing to see how quickly the union rallied around this idea of, you know, tell us when and where. It's like the perfect, you know, Twitter thing. It's like a snappy comeback for all of this kind of like legal jargon that we've been uh, waiting through. And so I think, you know, Manfred has already kind of begun the walk back and will, you know, continue to do so here over the next whatever week or so or whatever that kind of sweet spot is where they're willing to pay uh, the prorated salaries and the uh, games are. You know, there's enough volume to where they can, you know, call it a you know quasi-legitimate, credible season. Yeah, I think uh, "tell us when and where" is would be a better uh, Twitter hashtag than like "full pro rata" <laughs> in, in all caps or something like that. Uh, so it definitely works better. It's better messaging. Uh, I, I'm impressed with how educated the players are in the history of the game. Uh, today's player is not uh, ignorant to how owners treated players, uh, you know, prior, you know, for decades, for a good century. Uh, they, I mean, I, I read Lords of the Realm last year, uh, last January, I wrapped it up. And if you haven't read it, I would suggest reading it. It's a, you know, if you want more information on the labor dynamics in baseball, uh, I, it's an essential read. You won't fully understand what's going on right now without understanding the history of all of this uh, and why it's it's important to not just take what the owners are saying and, and say, it. yep, they're telling the truth. Not much has changed when it comes to what owners will say and how they can twist uh, reality 
to make it seem like the players are uh, in the wrong here. It's very easy to get tw- get that twisted. I understand. I used to. I I was a teenager during the strike, and I was furious uh, with the players because I was uh, what 13, 14 years old, and thinking, how can these millionaires not play baseball? It's all I really want to watch right now. And, and they weren't giving me uh, that, especially during, if you remember that, that 94 season, that was building up to be a pretty great season for a lot of different ways. Uh, whether it came to the records that were being pushed, Matt Williams, I believe Joe Carter had a ton of RBI. Uh, Matt Williams had a ton of homers. You had the Expos, the White Sox, all sorts of great stories that were percolating and, and it all just sort of ended. Uh, and and I get why fans would be frustrated with players. They are, we know their salaries. We report on that. That's out there. We don't know everything that's going on with the owners. We don't, you know, we, we know they have a lot of money. Now, I hope people are starting to understand that the messaging that they put out there is to, is PR moves. They're trying to get you on their side to say, look at these greedy millionaire players. We pay them so much and they won't, they won't go play this game. It's just a game and they get paid millions of dollars for it. Uh, it's, it's easy. It's easy to fall for that. Uh, I wouldn't do so. I would recommend uh, reading up on the history of the game and understanding what they're trying to do here. They make a lot of money. The owners make a ton of money. These are billionaires who who made their money in different ways, and, and now they've come to own a baseball teams. This is a game. I understand it's being run by like a business. I just don't know if every single decision, every single decision, even in a real business, should every de- decision be made with just the bottom line in mind? All that you care about is profits. You don't care about anything else when you <laughs> when you run a business. Even if we're if we're willing to accept that baseball should be run like a business, I don't agree with that philosophy. I, I have a hard time accepting that we should just say every decision made that that says money is the bottom line is the right decision. I can't accept that, and I also don't really I, I don't really agree that. Maybe in the short term, they'd take a hit. I just think in the long run, playing baseball, if you had a full month, if we could have agreed two weeks ago and, and got these guys to, if they were in their spring training right now and we had a July 4th start, we'd be talking about a month, a month where there's no NHL, there's no NBA, uh, there's no NFL. You have a month when people are dying for sports in this country and they don't have very many options uh that baseball would be center stage and and they they've squandered that opportunity and now with the with how petty this all feels they're they're squandering more than just that opportunity there's there's a chance of no season i don't i i think we both are kind of on the fence if that's real uh but the fact that in all likelihood, the earliest we're going to see baseball is late July is really frustrating. And, and the fact is they're going to be going up against uh, sports that are just more popular now, going right up against them and and their playoffs. Uh, you're going to see the NFL, all sorts of sports. If as long as, you know, sports aren't as long as COVID-19 doesn't doesn't knock everything out again. Baseball is not going to be center stage, and that's that's sad. I, uh, you know, I'm a baseball fan first and foremost, and that uh, that that it sucks that 
that it's just going to fall to the background if it, they they couldn't capitalize on on an opportunity to make baseball the focus and kind of distract people from a lot of things that are going on in the real world. Hey, Patrick, I know it's been a while since we've been in a clubhouse, but one of the things I miss the most is Pedro Strope spraying himself with a ton of cologne and just enjoying how he smells. You know what smells good? Hawthorne. With Father's Day right around the corner, Hawthorne makes the perfect gift. Here's how it works. You take a quiz, a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you. One for work and one for play. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. You can even take the quiz for someone else. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and dot C-O, not dot com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co I do think Manfred, what he has recognized is that baseball is way too slow and that not enough people have been playing it and the people watching it are not necessarily the most desirable demographic in terms of you know growing a game growing your audience and uh if you've seen his kind of pace of play agenda some of these youth initiatives you you can kind of infer this like deep existential fear of where baseball is going um so i would say that that has i think he's on the right track there but he obviously works for 30 different uh ownership groups he is a suit and players don't really trust that and you know at heart he's a labor lawyer a guy from cornell and harvard who has kind of the battle scars uh through all those rounds of collective bargaining so I mean, whatever kind of capacity he has to rise to the moment, he's going to have to do it here uh, really quickly. But I think we've seen MLB kind of reacting slowly here. And I think social media has really accelerated everything to the point where I think one player tweeted like, you know, it'd be nice if we could see this before it's leaked to like these national reporters, some of whom we work with, and it's out there for everyone to see and kind of already applying pressure to the union because it's already out there. And I think um, instead of kind of digesting uh, these documents and, and proposals and then kind of coming to a conclusion, you're seeing this you know kind of rapid fire analysis on Twitter. I mean, to the point where even... <laughs> I mean, Anthony Rizzo is just calling out these coordinated leaks. Like, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw it last night. Of you know, our friend Bob Nightingale um, tweeted out a story, uh, which is interesting and, and certainly relevant to all these concerns that both sides have. Of you know, several major league baseball players and coaches have tested positive for COVID nineteen, which MLB says could also delay start of season. Rizzo retweets this and just says, "Good timing." And calling them out for trying to kind of plant uh, this information and, you know, kind of, you know, muddy the waters in terms of maybe what uh, the league's priorities, you know, truly are. So uh, I'm assuming it's going to get 
more ugly, but uh, it's certainly been just like a fascinating look behind the curtain at how some of this stuff works or doesn't work. Yeah, and you mentioned it before, but one of the one of the more frustrating uh, aspects of this is uh, reports that some owners may not even want the season to be played. And that, you know, that's squarely about losses. That's about profits. That's about a lack of money coming in. And no fans being there means no money for them, no profits for them. And that just, that seems really short-sighted. That, I just don't, I mean, they have to really trust the fan base to just be locked in and not not willing to, you know, abandon this sport. When, you know, we talk about, the younger generation, what sports they play, what sports they're interested in. Baseball just doesn't have the pull that it once did. I don't know if you're going to get the bounce back that you did in the nineties. You, you know, you had Cal Ripken in 95 kind of, you know, breaking the Ironman streak and, and that pulled some people that they may have lost. And of course uh, the summer of 98 pulled in uh, many more fans and, and just the, in general, uh, during the PED era, there was a, a boom again for baseball in a sense because people were pulled in. And, and they didn't really lose that many fans during the PED scandal, right? We, we had basically from 98 to 2003 all these records being broken and people being pulled back in. And, and yeah, it was frustrating for years that, that it turned out that that, you know, in all likelihood wasn't real what we were watching. Uh, but... It, I don't think it hurt the game in that sense. The game's hurting for different reasons or has been. If you want to say it's hurting, you know, it it's hurting in a sense that maybe you're not growing a younger audience. It wasn't hurting financially. Uh, they, they, they were, there was a boom as far as finances goes. And we just saw that the report that, uh, what was it? A billion dollar deal with TBS, uh, for, yeah, so you're talking about, I mean, there's insane amount of money still coming in. If, if that deal can still go through during this time, they know that money's going to still be coming in. And to and to even think about being willing to just sacrifice this season is just really upsetting to see. And, and it also goes to show that these are, I mean, my point that some of these owners, hey, maybe they like the game, maybe some of them love the game. But it's clear that that far too many of them just don't care about things more than money. And that's that's got to be frustrating. And if you don't see that, if that doesn't frustrate you, I don't know how I can convince you otherwise. But it's if you're willing to can't if you're just willing to dump this season, uh, I don't I just don't know how you can come to that conclusion that that's acceptable, that that that's that's the right answer here. yeah, the the type of people that want to do that aren't the type of people we want in baseball. And I think too, since this is a Cubs podcast, I don't think we're just passively aggressively criticizing the Rickets through all this. I think if you look at what they've done, they've certainly focused on the long term. Whether it was kind of investing in the draft, hiring Theo to do uh, a certain job the investments they've made around the neighborhood uh the wrigley field uh renovations but it doesn't help when tom ricketts tells espn the scale of losses around the league is biblical and then i thought even more absurd uh was bill dewitt jr the cardinals owner telling a 
St. Louis radio station that the baseball industry, quote, isn't very profitable. I mean, this is a guy who's had ownership stakes in the Orioles, Reds, and Rangers. His dad was a baseball owner. His son, Bill DeWitt III, is now the president of the Cardinals. Like, if this is such a bad family business, why are generations of the DeWitts still in it? And I think you take a step back, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, you probably think the DeWitts have been really good owners, and they have put winning product on the field year after year after year. So it's not really about the Cubs and Cardinals, but if that's what these guys are saying, who've been two you know, pretty good stewards of their franchises, guys who've you know, won World Series and you know, kind of had parades and, and celebrated in their cities and you know, either rehabbed or built new ballparks, like what are the other guys saying on those conference calls with Manfred? Like, you know, how are these kind of hardliners uh, acting? And, you know, are there enough of them to just totally sabotage this season and maybe sink, uh, you know, a 10 or $11 billion industry? Looking for a Father's Day gift or just missing baseball or just a unique gift for that baseball lover in your family? Well, check out Dugout Mugs, a company started in a college baseball dugout, hence the name Dugout Mugs. The barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. It's licensed by the MLB so you can get your favorite team, the Cubs, obviously, engraved onto a Birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. Go to dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and use the promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and code MLB30. Fill the baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Yeah, Patrick, it's it's not as if uh, the Ricketts family hasn't invested in this group, but along with his most recent quote, uh, and you add in the the last two off seasons of the lack of spending, uh, the the release of his father's racist and Islamophobic emails, uh, just the general tenor around the team and the political ties of both both of his brothers. There's been a lot of negativity since the World Series win, and, and those those recent comments just don't just just add to more missteps. It's it's uh it's difficult to listen to these owners kind of uh, talk about this situation and and act as if uh, they're they're in real financial trouble because of it. It's uh, I'm not sure who's buying it. I'm sure there are some fans that not along with this, but. Uh, I think just the tenor uh, from the fans and, and from what I'm seeing, mostly people are starting to see through these types of claims. Uh, I hope I, I think we can both agree that we hope that, you know, cooler heads prevail here. Some sort of season is played. We'd all prefer it to be above 60 games. I don't know how realistic that is. I, I would put the odds of it being below 60, but above 50, pretty good. Uh and even in speaking of odds, I did see some betting odds come through my email about uh, in all likelihood that people are betting that, yes, there will be a season and yes, it'll be in that 50 game range. So I guess, you know, uh, Vegas is saying, put your money on on a season being played. Uh, it won't be and it, it probably won't be the length that we we all want and deserve. But, you know, maybe we'll get some baseball in the near future and and have something better to talk about than uh, these frustrating conversations that we've been having of late. 
that's it for On to Waveland. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it as always. Make sure to rate and review the show on iTunes or whatever uh, outlet you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, that's Patrick Mooney. I'm Sahadev Sharma. Thanks again. Take care.